Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Jess. And I'm Regan. And this is You Pick, We Watch, the podcast where you pick the movie and we take a deep dive into it, learning everything we can about your recommendation. Today, we're talking about the 1999 film, The Mummy. Ah, this movie. (laughs) So, this movie is so good. Every time I watch it, it just, it doesn't lose any of its charm for me. No, you're you're exactly right on that. This has been one of my favorite movies for over oh man, I don't know, definitely over fifteen years. Yeah, I would have to say my probably well, you were nine when it came out. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh I was a freshman in high school. So yeah. Um I think it's been one of my favorites since since that time period. Um before we get into it, let's go over some news stuff that I found this week, and if you found anything, too. Um, I've got Chris Hemsworth set to play Hulk Hogan in uh, Hulk Hogan's biopic. What do you think of that? <laughs> I'm excited for that, is what I think of that. Yeah. I really hope he has the platinum hair. <laughs> I think he's gonna. I think they're gonna show the progression of Hogan into the Hulk. Yeah, I think it's going to be cool. He said, um, Hemsworth said that he was putting on more weight than he ever has, like even for Thor and stuff. So, oh, I bet. Um, I'll, I'll, I, the one fact that always comes back to me about Hulk Hogan is that he broke part of his back lifting Andre the Giant to like slam him down on the mat. Like he picked up this over 300 pound dude above his no i think he might have been somewhere in the ballpark of like 350 400 pounds huge guy and he picked him up above his head and slammed him down and in that moment broke one of the vertebrae in his back that's nuts was that during that like the biggest like wrestling match ever (laughs) um that's a great question unfortunately i just know that one piece of information (laughs) i have not uh that's when i used to watch wrestling like wrestling back in that day was awesome and then when you played uh nes the wwf legends of wrestlemania you would always pick my wife always picks andre the giant Hmm. because all he does is like walk around and slam you down so (laughs) just like in real life yeah yeah that's crazy i think that's gonna be a pretty fun i don't i wonder if they're gonna go i don't know if they're gonna go more drama or i don't know It'll be fun to see where they go, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, Tron 3 is uh, finally set to move forward. They have a director, I believe, attached, which I didn't get the name of. Hmm. But uh, they also attached Jared Leto to it. I saw that. I I don't know whether to be optimistic or pessimistic about that. I've never seen any of the Trons, so hmm. I could care less. <laughs> um, okay. No skin in the <laughs> game. No, no skin at all. However, Jared Leto has been surprising me lately. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'll say whenever I've seen him, seen him in a movie, he's never been bad. Like maybe the movie's been bad, but Jared's never been like too bad. So Do you know he's the lead singer of uh that band. <laughs> 30 that Seconds to just, Mars. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that always surprised me. 
Like, I didn't believe that for a long time. <laughs> yeah, when I first heard that, I thought they just confused him with someone else. Turns <laughs> out I was the one who was confused. That's funny. Um, and then they released the Halloween Kills teaser because they actually pushed it from this year to next year. Mm. Um, like every other movie <laughs> this year has been uh, pushed. I didn't know they were doing another one. Oh, yeah. Actually, I think they have plans on making a trilogy. Hmm. <laughs> I, I really, I mean, <laughs> how much more can uh, Michael Myers do? Uh, at, <laughs> least, at least two movies worth. And uh, what's her name's attached to both of them, right? Yeah. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis? Yes, thank you. I haven't seen the new reboot yet, um, mm. but I heard it was really good. It's pretty good. It's actually um, the way they worked it is it's a direct sequel to the first Halloween. So they're literally ignoring everything after the first Halloween. And it, I thought it was pretty good. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Although I will um, say Halloween 4 and 5 also have a special place in my heart. Halloween H2O has a special place <laughs> in my heart. <laughs> like... All those horror movies from like the year two thousand, like uh, or like Freddy versus Jason, um, Halloween H two O, Scream. I know what you did last summer. Like all of mm. those have like a special place in my heart, which leads me into. Um, I think we should do this for October, so we have a few months. Anybody out there, if you send in your horror movies for the four weeks of October. We'll take those out of our our normal list and we'll put them in a smaller list, Ooh. and we'll do uh, horror Halloween themed movies. That is an excellent idea. Yeah, I think that would be really cool because <laughs> um, I know a lot of people um, collect horror movies. I put my collection up on our Facebook page um, this weekend, so if you haven't got a chance to see that, you can go check it out. But I have no rhyme or reason to my collections. Um, and But most people I know specifically collect horror because they tend to have better special editions and mm. people are really into them. So I know there's a lot of people out there that probably have some movies there uh, they want to suggest <laughs> and it'll be put into a smaller pool. So <laughs> That's right. Aaron and Matt hit us up. Yeah, right? Um, and anything that doesn't get picked, obviously, during that time, we'll throw them into the regular list. Um, but we want to start building that now so uh, we can have fun with it. So I think that'll be pretty cool. Did you find anything else out for news? Or um, I did find an article that... So there's an upcoming Batman movie, which initially I wasn't really, you know, excited about. But then there were, you know subsequent articles coming out and like robert pattinson's playing batman i wasn't sure about that you know at the time i've since right. i've since seen like three or four of his like newer movies and he's he's pretty solid so it gives me some hope but um i guess the new batman movie is supposed to be from more of like a detective point of view where batman being the world's greatest detective is i guess is taking more of like an investigation role reportedly and i heard that hbo max is going to do a like spin-off series called gotham pd and it just sounds pretty interesting that's cool um did you watch the show gotham i didn't actually no. i've heard very uh, good things but i just haven't 
Well, I didn't either. So, <laughs> so <laughs> um, I was just curious because that kind of is like um, it follows like Bruce Banner or not Bruce Banner. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. I watched. You never watched, guess uh, it follows the Hulk. Hogan. I, I, <laughs> I watched uh, Endgame yesterday. So or a couple. Yeah. I watched a lot of movies in the last couple days. So <laughs> um, Bruce Wayne, it it's when he's like a kid, like right after his parents died, I think. And it's uh, the Gordon guy. It like follows him. Yeah. So that's kind of like that. Um, side note on that. Um, Batwoman, obviously Ruby Rose left Batwoman. Yeah. Because uh, she couldn't handle the stress, I guess. Ooh. Um, yeah, it was like, she didn't like the long hours, which is, uh, whatever. <laughs> I like Ruby Rose, but come on now. Um, and that was the only DC thing that I've been watching because the, the CW universe is actually pretty intense. Yeah. Um, plus they do a whole was, lot of episodes too. Yeah. It was a good show, but, um, they recast, um, somebody else that's going to play Batwoman now. So. Then at least that's the uh, a strong point of like comic book kind of stuff is you can always recast someone because you know they're always passing the mantle in comic books after like a decade or so. Yeah, and you can always kill people off. Yeah, and bring them back, <laughs> and, so. and, bring, and immediately <laughs> bring them back. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's we'll see. There's a lot of good stuff out there. So, um, all right. Let's get into The Mummy, our favorite movie ever. Um, <laughs> I couldn't think of a real good get-to-know-you question, but I know that you're a real big history buff. So is ancient Egypt on your list of things that you've looked into, or are you more of a European history person? Yeah, I know a thing or two about a thing or two when it comes to Egypt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always wanted to learn. Like, I always wanted to go there. Um mm. But that's a no go. <laughs> my my old landlady in Buffalo actually like when we the year we first moved into our apartment, she went to Egypt, and uh, I ended up Facebook stalking her because like she was posting all these pictures <laughs> from like the pyramids and like you know the Nile, and it was just really cool. It's a place that I would like to go to, but I feel like actually doing it would give me a lot of anxiety. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I could not go there. Like in this time, <laughs> if it was 1920 oh, or yeah. 1940, absolutely. Um, but if you were, it's, if you were an antiquarian with two revolvers. Yeah, feels exactly. Safe. Yeah. I could protect myself against the sand with uh, <laughs> some guns. We'd be good. Uh, but I do watch everything. Like uh, any new documentaries that come out uh, for ancient Egypt or the mummies. Like we went, uh, my wife and I actually went and right before quarantine, um, we went and saw the golden mummies at the museum in Buffalo. It was really, it's one of the roaming exhibits that like goes from museum to museum. Oh, gotcha. Um, It was really, really cool. So uh, you get to see like they have mummies and, you got to learn some history so usually when that stuff happens i enjoy that very nice uh, so overview for the mummy 
uh, at an archaeological dig site in the ancient city of Hamanoptra, an American serving in the French Foreign Legion accidentally awakens a mummy who begins to wreak havoc as he searches for the reincarnation of his lost love. That is misleading. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's weird because on one hand, that's exactly what's happening. On the other hand, it's like, if you haven't already seen the movie, that's going to lead you down a weird path for expectation-wise. Yeah. It's going to start weird for you. <laughs> yeah. I definitely think. Um, speaking of that, another reason why I couldn't go to Egypt, I'm pretty sure everything's been dug up already. So, um, with advances in LiDAR technology, it that's like um, kind of like ground-penetrating radar kind of stuff. They've been, yeah. They went to the Valley of the Kings, which they thought was all, you know, tapped out as far as dig sites go. And they found like 80 more tombs there that they just never knew existed. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. That's that's cool. I, I thought archaeology was like dead in the water because now <laughs> it's a bunch of jokes when people go to school for it. So <laughs> we found everything, everything that was ever made already found. Yeah. Um, so with that overview being a little off, what's, uh, you want to go over the plot of it? Did, uh, you think? I'd say the most streamlined version of a description is, um, an American expat teams up, um, with some British archaeologists to find the city of the dead and accidentally unleash a mummy that they then have to stop. Otherwise, um, plagues will um, keep happening, I guess. Something basically could end the world, but... Um, sorry, that really went off, that went off the trails. So <laughs> He's so just got to get his girl back. Yeah, he's just got to get the girl back. That's it. Easy as that. Uh, um, so I can't remember the first time I saw this because it probably was in 1999 or at least in 2000 I probably rented it um, but I am a huge Brendan Fraser fan <laughs> I don't know why I love every movie he's ever been in he's just um, so likable he really is and my wife hates it like <laughs> I go specifically searching for Brendan Fraser movies. I think if you could put my collection into categories, I tend Brendan to Brendan and not movies. Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to collect movies of actors and actresses I like. Um, makes not sense. necessarily genres or anything. So every time I go out, I'm always looking for Brendan Fraser movies I don't have. Um, and my wife hates it and hates every time I pick one up. But this, The Mummy, is probably my favorite movie with him. I really enjoy Bedazzled, though, too. So Yeah, that's... Have you ever seen Monkey Bone? Yes. That movie is off the rails, man. <laughs> it is. It, it, that's an obscure one, too. That is super obscure. Um, and I like... Um, he has a little... Um, in the Army now, he, ha he shows up as an uncredited cameo as Link... <laughs> Who's his character from uh, Encino Man? <laughs> well, how about that? Uh, yeah, it's super. It's super fun. I love him. I think he's just a. I think he is who he is on screen. He's. I think he's a goofy, fun guy. 
Um, and this movie kind of encompasses all of that because it gives him comedy. It gives him some emotional moments. It gives him some action. And he encompasses all of that. And I laugh at every single <laughs> stupid joke in this movie. I still jump um, in the beginning when Jonathan is in the <laughs> tomb and jumps up with the mummy. I still jump there. Um, and this, the CGI holds up. I was worried going into this. I was like, man, did I hype this up too much? But no, no, it, it stands. It's interesting because some parts I very much know are CGI, but it doesn't bother me. Like, it's not it's not a fifth element cloning Mila Jovovich, you know, CGI. It's it's somehow, you know, noticeable, yet still pretty good. Yeah, it's not a spawn fires in hell cgi <laughs> nothing is spawn fires of hell cgi <laughs> um industrial light and magic actually did the cgi uh the visuals for this movie and the uh, subsequent movies that came out so if anybody has heard us talk about them they do the star wars movies now so they've come a long way <laughs> they have an impressive resume Oh, they do. And if I was big in, I feel like I missed the boat because we grew up in a time when computers were really becoming like a big thing. And I feel like if I wish I had gone into computers to either do like video games or this kind of visual art, because hmm. there were so many opportunities that one could take. Yeah. And if you know, like literally anything about <laughs> anything in that area people look at you like you're a wizard yeah oh i do i look at people all the time i'm like how are you doing that <laughs> what is that copy paste <laughs> get that magic out of here right do you know how long it took me to figure out excel like, <laughs> uh all right let's uh touch on the cast let's only hit like the big ones though i only yeah. wrote down four people um brendan fraser obviously rick o'connell this was him in his prime. Yeah, definitely. From 1997 to 2001, uh, he did nine movies. Nine movies in five years. So, wow. So that's, yeah. that, that's impressive by itself, but I will say that like he... I don't want to say he peaked in the 2000s because it was less of that and more of his like personal life just fell right apart. And it's it's like really sad. And I don't want to get into that, but that's like a big reason why you didn't see him for nearly like a decade. Yeah, no, I there was a lot going behind the scenes. Um, so this is when I like to think of his stuff. Like I haven't seen any of his recent stuff that he's done. Um because this is the Brendan Fraser that I like. Exactly. Yeah. It's that whole thing where I just watch uh, Christmas Vacation every year. And now when I see modern Chevy Chase, I'm like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, side note, because we've talked about this before, um, how I didn't really like, um, like we talked about community with Chevy Chase. Mm -hmm. That's how he looks now. <laughs> and how I didn't really like Donald Glover. Mm -hmm. But we've been watching Community, and I really, there are certain parts that he is starting to stand out. Donald Glover now, or Chevy Chase? Donald Glover. Oh. And then 
I just watched Solo again mm. to see him as uh, Lando Calrissian, mm-hmm. and I have a completely different view on him now. So he's he's growing on me. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen in a few things now where I've been kind of impressed. Well, again, I'll just say I'm impressed with this show, Atlanta. And a lot of that is because he like writes and produces and like stars in it. And it's actually very good. But yeah, his more recent stuff, I'm I'm actually becoming really impressed with him. Yeah. Um, Rachel Vice plays Evelyn. And she actually didn't do she'd only done like a couple movies, like background characters, um, some TV episodes. Um, but I think this role, like launched her career in movies i feel like you saw her everywhere after this yeah i'm inclined to agree with that yeah because i remember i think the only movie i remember seeing her in for sure before this one was in enemy at the gates which was i think the previous year with a bunch of people in it actually but jude law yeah after this you kind of see her a lot more places so i'd definitely buy that Mm-hmm. Um, Arnold Vosloo plays Imhotep, and my God, that is a fantastic specimen of a man. <laughs> so that's, that's it's, it, it's <laughs> funny because no matter what role I've seen him in after that, I'm always like, "Oh, hey, Imhotep's in this." Yeah, I do the same thing. Um, yeah, he is. He is a gorgeous man. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't have anything else to say about him. That's all I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> just just gorgeous man. That's yeah. all you need. Um, and Oded Fair, Ferrier, I can't pronounce his last name, but he plays the Magi guy, the guy mm-hmm. in all black. Um, but really, he's just uh, the guy from Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so, I forgot about that. Uh, that's all... <laughs> All I really like remember him from in that time period, and anytime I see him in anything, all I can think about is his line from that movie where he goes, "Excuse me, I must make pee pee." <laughs> <laughs> every time, every time I see him, but uh, he's a very good-looking man too. Yeah, yeah. There's actually I got a piece of trivia about that, specifically right, about how he's good-looking. Is, Let's uh, uh, move into those. <laughs> is that is that a segue right there? That's a segue. Direct segue. <laughs> so apparently his character was supposed to have like head to toe tattoos. And then the director was just like, hey, look at this guy. He's too pretty to cover his face like that. No, we'll just give him a couple face tattoos and then just leave him pretty. He is, is, he is yeah. a very pretty man. <laughs> <laughs> This has to be probably one of the best looking casts um, I've ever seen for the men, the real men, with the exception of the uh, prison guard guy who's just there for comedic <laughs> relief. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, another good looking thing or body image thing, um, Imhotep had to be shaved twice daily because <laughs> he was not allowed to have any body hair. It's it's funny because when I read that online, that I just had such a weird reaction to it. But I was like, oh, yeah, he doesn't have any body hair on him in that movie, huh? He no, he is a smooth, weird. 
smooth man. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like about him? What do you like about this actor? He's a smooth man. Yep. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's something coming from me. So <laughs> <laughs> fair. Um, um oh. all right, Academy Awards. Uh, it was actually nominated for one for best sound. That's right. I saw that before rewatching the movie earlier today, and that's yeah, I'd buy that. There is the the movie's got really good sound effects and sound design in it. You know what I'm surprised that though, hmm. it was up it was up against the Matrix and Star Wars Episode One, and <laughs> the Matrix actually won and beat out everybody. Huh. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, for a Star Wars movie to lose out on sound well it well okay yeah the the prequel trilogy does get a lot of crap but i'd say if this if we were looking at the original trilogy i feel like that would have cleaned up i mean like oh yeah won everything it was nominated for yeah if if for original trilogy let's not talk about the awful remasters that have come (laughs) out of those so please no (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, speaking of the prison guard, the warden guy, um, it just reminds me that when they were shooting the scene where Brendan Fraser was being hung and he's like choking to death as uh, Rachel Weiss is trying to like negotiate his freedom with the warden, apparently he stopped breathing while they were shooting that and had to be resuscitated after the take. Because the uh, the rope, they adjusted it because it looked a little too slack and then it actually ended up choking him out. Yeah, I would try to. I I had heard that. Um, that was something I heard had heard a long time ago, and I was like, "Wow!" And so I was trying to look up um, how they filmed that scene originally. Because when he drops, I don't know how they did that. <laughs> I know it you. It looks. Sh- it looks real. It yeah, it does look pretty real. Um, I know at least in recent years, what they do is they have like a harness under the costume with a um a little not a i guess like a metallic loop on the back of it and a hook on the inside of the noose so when they drop you your weight gets distributed as opposed to like ripping your head off yeah okay that makes sense because i was i was looking for that today when i watched it and that scene came up and when they kick it out from under him and he just like drops i was like wow that actually looked like that could have killed him right there there's a lot of good stunts in this movie yeah and a lot of good practical stunts Uh, like that guy that's on fire for literally five minutes on screen (laughs) Uh uh-huh what about uh when they're getting chased in the car by like the hypnotized mob and brendan frazier throws someone off of the car right into like a a street light (laughs) yeah I saw that and I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, those were all real people, too. That that I remember seeing on uh, last week when I said I had seen a version of this on TV where they gave little, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. Um, those were all real people. I'm pretty sure that they were just throwing off, which is kind of crazy. They were just but, killing people making this movie. Yeah. Um. Talking about the prison scene, that prison scene is actually an apartment complex <laughs> in Marrakesh. Because um, <laughs> they couldn't shoot in Egypt 
because of the unstable political conditions. I gotcha. Marrakesh yeah. is really pretty from what I understand. I watch a lot of food shows that go there. Ooh. Yeah, I know um, basically whenever people need to film a, a uh, African or Middle Eastern location and it's too dangerous to be like on location, they usually shoot it in Morocco. Like I think Black Hawk Down was filmed in Morocco and well, a couple other recent movies. Yeah, I think um, Inception that we watched um, <laughs> was also filmed there. That's right. Too. Um, the closest I've been to Morocco is Epcot. <laughs> so I enjoy Morocco, though. That, that is one of my favorite pavilions. Um, I enjoy the food and I enjoy like the colors. And it lets you get a touch of the Middle East without having to go there. <laughs> a sample. Yeah. Light. Middle East light. <laughs> uh, I like it. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So we were talking about industrial light and magic. Um, they spent $15 million out of the $80 million budget, $80 million budget for um, the special effects. Um, because they wanted to create a new look. Um, something that hadn't been done before. So what they did um, is they actually put little, this is mocap before there was mocap, I guess. <laughs> um, they put little red tracking lights all over Imhotep um, so they could map his face and his body. So when you see him um, with that, you know how his face gets like, is like see-through and you can see his teeth <laughs> and everything. Um, that's actually him. Like they've, digitally affected on top of his face so that everything fit together with it um and they could see exactly how everything would work which was which i thought was pretty cool so like instead of using prosthetics and stuff like they act and sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> the i don't know what happened i uh i got a telephone call from a uh telemarketer and for some reason getting a call i guess hangs up the podcast oh so we can blame regan for that so. <laughs> yeah that's that's my <laughs> fault this week um uh, anyway so yeah just so that they could do something brand new um with that i thought that was pretty cool yeah and i like how they use cg but also like practical you know glue on someone's face effects mm-hmm um, like that whole the paint on Aksuna Moon in the beginning. Mm. Yeah. Four hours. Four hours it took um, to put her in that because it's she's only wearing like a tiny little loin cloth, <laughs> um, pasties, and jewelry. And a lot of paint. And a lot of paint. <laughs> she's good looking too. Yeah, again, a <laughs> whole lot of good-looking people in this movie. <laughs> you know you know what's impressive to me is the library scene when Evie accidentally knocks over literally all the bookshelves in the library. It was actually done in one take. Yeah, that, like, blows my mind. <laughs> I watched that fall, and then I think about people having to pick that up, and I'm like, oh... <laughs> 
<laughs> that's why everyone is really happy they nailed it on the first try because they said to reset that it would take most of the day to reset that back up and shoot it again yeah it's such a good scene too and it gives you a really good insight to that character and just like how she is Mm-hmm. it's a good character moment it is um uh, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, while you find it, uh, <laughs> apparently just after, was it the very next day? Okay, so the morning after the movie was released, the director, Stephen Sommers, got a call from Universal saying that they need another one. Basically, they need a sequel. Day after its release, they're like, you are greenlit for Mummy Numero Dos. That would be because opening weekend... They made $43 million back on their $80 million budget. Yeah, that's pretty good. That is, that is amazing. Like, when we've been talking about budgets and what they make, like, the last few times we've been watching, like, lower, not summer blockbusters, you know, lower movies, this thing made $155 million in the U.S. and then four hundred and almost $416 million worldwide. Yeah, that's real good. I'd say that's a fair return. Yeah. Um, on what? Two sequels and then the prequel, which also got its own sequels. Yeah. Yeah. And then also a little known animated series that lasted uh, two seasons. Why don't I remember that? <laughs> I briefly remember when that was on TV. It might have been like 2002 to 2003. But I briefly remember catching a few episodes and it was passable. Yeah, you were in the prime age for it then. I was, I had just graduated high school in 2003. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I was, was not target on market. cartoons anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's awesome. Um, the medical team um, on the films they had to because they actually did film in the desert which is pretty cool um, usually you end up shooting on soundstage like I'm sh I know that there were some soundstage parts um, and you can almost kind of tell in a movie like this when they go on a soundstage versus when they're in the desert um, but they the medical team ended up creating a special kind of drink that the everyone on set had to consume every couple hours to reduce the risk of dehydration. Hmm. I have no idea what that special kind of drink was because um, I didn't get that far into it. So use your imagination. It's probably <laughs> what they used in uh, Total Recall and Predator, rehydrating Arnold. Yeah, probably. Yeah, now that you think about it. In the desert, though, apparently sandstorms were a daily inconvenience, and snakes, spiders, and scorpions basically, like, bit and stung a whole bunch of people, and periodically crew members would have to be airlifted out after being bitten. That sucks. That's <laughs> like, that's just like Predator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> well, it, it sucks because like the, the final product turned out to be amazing, but I guess like making it, it <laughs> the things people do to make a movie, you know, put a whole bunch of people in a region that's 
<laughs> predisposed to being very inhospitable to humans. And think about where these hospitals are. I mean, oh yeah, <laughs> are you close. getting the best care? <laughs> <laughs> Am I gonna live? Eh, I don't know. Probably. Maybe. Um, the the Hamanaptra, um was built in a uh, dormant but real volcano in the desert, hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, so every time you're seeing that city, like that is really in the desert, that is really inhospitable, and uh, yeah, they they made it there, which is pretty cool. Huh. That is really cool. Um, speaking of being in the desert, I guess the uh, production had the official support of the Moroccan army, and the cast members actually had kidnapping insurance taking out on them, a fact that the director only disclosed to the cast after shooting had finished. So, I, Again, <laughs> because of where you are. <laughs> yes. Ju- just being safe. Just a precaution. Yeah. Just so you know. Um... <laughs> With all the sand and everything, they had been wasting way too much time uh, trying to repair and desand the guns. Um, so after all this was happening, they were like, um, any misfire weapon would be fixed in post um, by uh, ILM, and they added the appropriate sounds and flashes. So, like, could you imagine trying to shoot? I mean, I know people that have been in the desert the military and it's horrible so trying to constantly shoot weapons like that's crazy (laughs) that's that fact is like the definition of "Eh, we'll fix it in post yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) oh speaking of actually being fixed in post um the white nightgown that evelyn wore when the ship was being attacked by the magi actually became completely transparent when it got wet when she was tossed overboard and digitally had to be painted white in post so the film could keep the pg-13 rating i mean where was costumes on that (laughs) (laughs) i mean just they could have kept it that's all i'm saying well i mean yeah they could have kept it but (laughs) if they wanted the pg-13 why did they go white yeah, I was also wondering about that. Like, if you know what you have planned, it seems like probably. You should, yeah. I would think probably maybe because like the Magi are all black, and they wanted to use color to uh, highlight her innocence or naivety, or be able to pick her out at a, in a crowd during night when a ship's getting attacked. True, because she, well, she's in black by the end. Oh, that's a good point. When she's on the slab uh, with uh, Scary Mummy knocks <laughs> in a moon. Uh, speaking of that, what is your favorite fight scene in the movie? I, I like them all, but I always thought that the like Kingsguard mummies were the coolest because, you know, they, they're... <laughs> They're almost like a force of nature, you know, they jump super high, they're really quick, and they, like, climb walls and stuff, and they're just, they always creeped me out as a kid, but it's like, equal parts creeped me out, and I thought were incredibly cool at the same time. Yeah, I really like them, too. Um, I like the one 
before that when he's just when Rick's just uh fighting the like regular slave mummies. Oh yeah. And it's really comedic <laughs> and funny. So like his sword is going through and then like he'll swing it over the top of his head and pull a head off another one <laughs> and hit it or like he knocks the head off and it's like juggling it and he baseball whacks it like I like that that sense of comedy in there. Oh, so, that's and, that. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. I was just gonna say that's one thing that the movie does really well is it balances like horror and humor very well. Oh, that's yeah, that's where I was going with it. Like the comedy in this complements everything. Um, probably my favorite comedic scene though is when the mummy like screams at him <laughs> and he yeah. screams back and then that comes back around at the end when he screams at them <laughs> at the Kingsguard and then they scream back and then he runs away like <laughs> I thought that was really fun that that was really well done and actually in that uh fight scene that you like there um I guess that was meticulously choreographed um because they added all the mummies in with uh CGI so that's Brendan Frazier basically swinging at nothing, just swinging at air, and then they added all those things in afterwards. That's cool. I did not know that. Um, that's really cool. I'm. I thought that they would have used green screen guys in green suits and yeah. CG'd over them to have that to have because it's a very precise. It's very precise the choreographing that. So that's that's cool. Yeah, it's again. I was also surprised to learn that. I guess there's a behind-the-scenes video you can watch of him just kind of flailing around, and it cuts between like reality and then CGI. I might have to look that up because that's pretty fun. Speaking of uh, comedy, when Rick jumps off the boat after telling the uh, Egyptian warden, "Wait here, I'll go get help," that was actually added last minute by the director because he realized he didn't. He didn't write how the warden was supposed to get off the boat. <laughs> and that always makes me laugh, that particular scene. Uh, that, that makes me laugh, too. I, I enjoy that. It's He's a real shining star in the movie, even though he's not in it that much, the warden. <laughs> yeah. um, like, every scene he's in, he's he captivates that scene. And... I think probably my favorite part is when he first finds the scarabs and he looks at the, uh, the, the thing on the wall and he does that same pose. And I love it. It makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Absolutely. And I have a real deep cut on that scene too. So tell me um, just a second of background here. The prison warden, uh, Gad Hassan is portrayed by Omid uh, Dajili, who is actually British, and he's a comedian. And this was his acting debut in this movie. Wow. That, yeah, so that uh, sets up this next one of that scene where the scarab's crawling under his skin. <laughs> the actor chose not to wear underwear that day for some reason. Could have been because <laughs> it was hot. No one really knows. But as a result, as he's freaking out, um, when the scarab beetles under his skin, his uh, genitals kept falling out as he was like writhing in pain. And the editor was he had to cut around <laughs> the unintentional nudity as much as possible. And if you watch the scene really closely, like I did today, 
you can see a little bit of junk <laughs> for one frame for like what i i noticed something weird whenever it was like on tv i was just like oh that's that's just weird you know there's like a little flesh colored frame for a second and it's like oh that's his junk i am gonna go rewatch it <laughs> and look for that <laughs> you might need to pause it and like unpause it rapidly but yeah it's there that is hilarious pg-13 he's my wearing ears. pants though isn't he <laughs> yeah i guess the the fly didn't like zip or button it was just real like breezy pants and <laughs> yeah well Enough i mean said. it is what 19 is it the 30s or the yep. 40s 30s Thir- 30s yeah i don't think they had a lot of it was the middle east they were you know everything's yeah. has to be loose out there yeah you gotta have breezy clothes yeah <laughs> that is that is awesome that might be my favorite fact that i found so far yeah that is that's probably my favorite fact that we've talked about today i think we went over everything that i have okay well as always i have a few left in my back pocket here so i'll just blow through those real quick um so Stephen dunham i believe his name is auditioned for the lead role but didn't get it but the director liked him so much that he wrote the role of mr henderson for him to keep him in the movie so that'd be the blonde haired american guy who's i think is the second last to get like assimilated by imhotep he's like guarding evelyn while she's locked in the room oh yeah can we just talk about how quickly things escalate in the movie from <laughs> like him taking the guy's eyes and tongue to what, like an hour later, all five of them are dead? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they ramped that up real quick. It did. It did get ramped up so fast. Um, the first time I saw that, like, I love how it doesn't show him getting any of them like it does but it's either in shadows or um like you don't really see him sucking everything out and the first time i saw it with the the one that we were just talking about and he's up in the air and you just watch his body shrink Mm -hmm. like that scared me as a child (laughs) it was it was shot in a really great way it's really was it's always something that i never forget about that movie Um, so Brendan Fraser, actually, one of the things that helped him get cast for the role, uh, a lot of people were considered for the role, like big name people for the time too, like Leo DiCaprio, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, a lot of people, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise. And uh, one of the things that worked in Brendan Fraser's favor was the success of Georgia the Jungle in 97. I guess the director saw it and thought that he had kind of like a uh, he was a good fit for like an Errol Flynn kind of swashbuckling character. And uh, he understood that his character doesn't take himself too seriously. And that was a real like relatable thing and that he really enjoyed. So he specifically wanted Brendan Fraser in that role. That's awesome. Um, I did read about Leo wanting it and he was 
already tapped to make the beach. Um, and he even tried to get the beach delayed so he could film, like, try to get on the mummy. And that didn't happen. So um, I've never seen the beach, but I'm pretty sure it flopped when it came out. Yeah, I think there's a reason we don't hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, he dropped the ball on that one. Uh, but we talk sometimes we talk about casting. And I really don't think I could picture any one of those big name guys in it. Definitely can't picture Tom Cruise because his <laughs> mummy sucked. So I didn't see it, but it's you have not... you, okay. You have to watch it tomorrow. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, because the mummy, the good mummy, is fresh in your mind, okay. and you have to you have to watch it tomorrow and notice what they tried to do and failed horribly at. <laughs> okay, deal. All right. Here's a weird one. Uh, during the the hail scene, like the flaming hail coming down on Cairo, they used dried dog food that was painted white as the <laughs> hail balls that were just thrown down on the set. Practical effects, baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I bet that smelled amazing. Um, did you? Uh, speaking of like the plagues and stuff, um, they used real locusts um, during some of those scenes. Hmm. That makes sense because that one actor who is like he has the Book of the Dead, he's got a bunch of locusts on his face, and say, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, and that's gross. That's... I would have not been in that movie for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's entirely warranted. Uh, oh, something I actually noticed briefly, but didn't really make the connection up until recent years was uh so john hannah is a guy who plays um jonathan yep and uh he sprained his wrist on set and had to wear a brace which just shows up randomly after they the bug gets under his skin and they get the scarab out of him literally the next scene afterwards he's got something around his wrist but they took the bug out of his like shoulder and i just I don't know. When I was younger, I guess I figured like, ah, eh, close enough. But yeah, he sprained his wrist and they had to like make him wear a uh, wrist brace and then put some like they barely tried to hide it too. They just like wrapped a piece of like cloth around it and they're like, yeah, good to go. Uh, that's funny you bring that up because I noticed that today and I had <laughs> don't I don't think I ever had noticed it before because um, <laughs> I said the exact same thing in my head. I was like, didn't they take the scarab out of his shoulder? What is on his wrist? <laughs> So that's hilarious that you have a cut on that. That's great. I love it. <laughs> oh, um, you know, uh, Babe Pig, Babe, God, Babe Pig in the City helped to get the budget for the Mummy expanded from like fifteen million dollars to eighty million. How did that happen? <laughs> so Babe Two flopped, and I guess some people lost their jobs, and new management came in, and they wanted to like recover some lost revenue for you know that flop, and they were willing to take some more chances on other movies that they're trying to make. That's cool. Babe was awesome, though. Babe <laughs> Two, Pig in the City, I, I it was okay. I enjoyed it as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly enough. Babe 2 was directed by what's his name? George Miller, the dude who makes who made the Mad Max movies. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, didn't he do Mad Max? <laughs> yeah, he did that. Happy Feet and Happy Feet 2. The dude like loves animals in 80s like balls-to-the-walls action movies. I mean, why have it one way? <laughs> there you go. Do what you like. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, um, okay, so this... You know there's actually going to be a fourth movie like proposed for the franchise? In uh, featuring an Aztec mummy in the New World, played by Antonio Banderas. I saw something quick with Antonio Banderas, and I was like, "No, I'm I'm not even <laughs> entertaining this idea." So, <laughs> not buying in. <laughs> no, especially after after Tom Cruise's mummy. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of soiled uh, some good reputations there. Which is so sad because this uh, un- Universal has to give permission for all these monster movies that use their because uh, this one was a, a re they wanted to reboot the 1932 mummy um, into modern times essentially and they needed to get Universal's permission and everything and when all these were done and Tom Cruise's mummy came out that that was supposed to be part of the universal uh, yeah, like monsters. the dark universe or something yeah the like mcu of horror movies and because he it was not good we don't get that <laughs> so yeah they were all set thanks to make, tom they were all set to make like the wolfman and jekyll and hyde and the invisible man and i think that just got turned into a new movie but yeah, I guess originally this one, the idea they had, like you said, was like a low budget horror movie that was set in modern times. The dude who did Hellraiser was actually on board to direct it first. And he described it as he wanted his take to be like dark, sexual and filled with mysticism. And like everyone else was like, yeah, we don't want that, though. Yeah. Clive Barker was supposed... Is that Clive Barker? Yeah, that's Clive Barker. Yeah, yep. And then that went through like a few other directors like Joe Dante, who wanted Daniel Day-Lewis as the mummy. (laughs) And again, it was going to be like kind of have that love element. But uh, just reading the description of that that script was weird. And then George Romero actually wanted, uh, wanted in on that. And, uh, yeah, something about the mummy being brought back to life by possibly the stupidest way I've ever heard of by like going through an MRI machine and that brings it back to life, which I have no idea how they would have made that happen. And then like it regenerates, gets young and falls in love with the female archaeologists that dug them up and they get attacked by other mummies. And then the studio realized they didn't want to make that movie either. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't make that movie. (laughs) Yeah, that That sounds like a horrible movie. That would have bombed hard. Ugh. <laughs> uh, I think, well, when this came out, too, were we doing, was the world in vampire mode or were we in zombie mode? I think vampire mode, right? Because Underworld was coming out. And so I think a lot of that stuff they were trying to put into other movies. And it, I'm just glad things worked out the way they did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, again, this is actually, I do like the Underworld movies, but... Oh, I love think, the Underworld movies. 
I, I'm sure we could go into a whole other hour-long conversation about when, <laughs> like, the vampire age kicked off. But, yeah, I'd say this is probably around the time when that got real big. Yeah. <sighs> That's That sums up all the all the trivia I have, except for when Frazier mentions that his garrison at the beginning of the movie was in Libya. Apparently that's a anachronism and it was actually the Italian North Africa at that moment. And the Italian government wouldn't give it the name Libya until 1934. Oh, interesting. There you go. A little bit of history. I like that. I like learning some history. (laughs) <laughs> Everybody's watching Hamilton right now and realizing they know nothing of history. So <laughs> <laughs> let's get some world history in here. Exactly. Um, yeah, this we could seriously probably talk for another hour on this movie because I feel like we both love it so much. Oh, um, easily another hour. It's Every single time I see the the face in the sand, <laughs> like every moment in that movie when you see the face in the sand, I love. It's just, oh yeah, it it's such a great action comedy movie. Um, casted really well, written really well, edited really well. So it's it holds up too. It does. It holds up so much better than a lot of movies like i would put this on par with jurassic park even though jurassic park came out what six years earlier yeah I think. um yeah it's it, i know what you mean though it, it dinosaurs and mummies feel a little like apples and oranges to me but when you just look at it from like a filmmaking perspective it's like yeah both of them hold up pretty equally because there's for every movie that holds up, there are at least ten movies that don't, and don't <laughs> that don't hold up horribly, like Spawn. <laughs> Spawn barely held up the year it came out. Oh my god, it was awful. Go watch that, people. <laughs> just you don't even have to watch it. Just go to YouTube and YouTube the hell scenes, and you'll know what we're talking about. You know what's wild is uh, the creator of that movie is doing a reboot of Spawn. He's been trying to get that made for like 20 years now, but he's finally got it, you know, green lit. And Jamie Foxx is going to be Spawn. Is it Todd McFarlane? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. He does such better work on his uh, his collectibles and his art than his movie was, but... <laughs> I digress. (laughs) Uh, So last week, I know I said last week, uh, Fifth Element is one of my favorite movies of the 90s. Uh, This is easily in my top five for the 90s as well. Um, Same. I I just love all the aspects to it. I think everything pulls together really, really well. Um, And this is Brendan Fraser at his, his absolute peak, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, easily. Because I don't really enjoy the sequels as much. I own them. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but they, they're just not as, as good to me. Um, but I'm going to do two thumbs up for this easily. Oh, yeah. So I would... 
you know what actually this was star wars aside because i just always put that in a different category (laughs) this was the first time when i was like way younger watching a movie where i saw the sequel and thought it was pretty good like i i never at any point liked it better than the original but it was the first point when i realized like oh man this is actually a fairly decent sequel yeah Um, at least they brought everybody back for the sequel yeah that's true and uh the kid actually that plays their son in the sequel turns out that uh that child actor turned down playing harry potter to be in that movie which well that's, that's interesting. probably a mistake on <laughs> he's <laughs> yeah. probably looking at that going oh i messed that up <laughs> <laughs> but as far as this movie goes yeah i would say wholeheartedly two thumbs up it's a real it's a real fun movie like i just feel delighted to watch it and uh it just it's an adventure film to the core and has a real indiana jones vibe to it and for that reason two thumbs up if i had three thumbs i would i would give that oh absolutely yeah this this is an adventure movie um so much of an adventure movie actually i just thought of something else that i read uh the rides at disney and like blew up that year like they people were waiting all the way to the main gate for to ride these rides that's how popular this movie was i i also read that uh because the lines were so long to pass the time uh people would just start chanting emota <laughs> like the, the hypnotized town people <laughs> i love it I love it. I wish I had got to ride it, but like that was during the time period where I didn't ended up not going to Disney for like 15 years and I missed it. But I would have loved to ride that ride. <laughs> uh, all right. Some viewer mail. We actually got an email from Matt R uh, who finally watched Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> you know, we can't go an episode without Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> you thought we were going to get away with it. You thought wrong. <laughs> Um, he goes, what's up, Regan and Jess? Uh, Blade Runner 2049 was a well thought out, was well thought out and well put together. The thing that threw me off was that I knew almost nothing about the movie or plot. To me, the title sounded like a badass movie where someone like Wesley Snipes was going to be killing cyborgs with his bare hands. So, so I was <laughs> That's awesome. I know. I would watch that, actually. <sighs> Let's throw Blade in here. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, what they did in the 80s for the title is they wanted to catch your title and someone said, like, Blade Runner, how about how about that? And they're like, what's a Blade Runner? He's like, I don't know. We'll yep. write it in. <laughs> uh, so, he, so I was definitely thrown off by it. I could use another watching of it to get more out of the actual movie. Just my two cents, Matt. And Matt, you know, uh, you know how I feel about Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> you know Jess's Both. utter disdain. <laughs> both original and 2049. <laughs> um, I would suggest trying to watch the original um, to get some of the background, but you may just be wasting three hours of your life. I don't know. <laughs> not according to Regan. So <laughs> what do you say, Regan? Well, I say every time I rewatch that movie, I seem to pick up another detail or something new. <laughs> it's just my two cents about it. <laughs> Uh, but that's awesome. Uh, thanks for writing in, Matt. We really appreciate it. Uh, we love when people write in and tell us what they think of movies that they saw that we list that we did. Um, when they suggest things, um, and then 
you said the other Matt had a suggestion for us. Can't remember. Um, oh, we should watch the original of something and then watch a remake. Is that what he said? Yeah, oh. yeah. For okay. a special episode, what he recommended was the original Wicker Man and then the N- Nick Cage cagiest Wicker Man performance you could ever imagine in the like 2006 remake. All right. Let me... Wicker Man. I'm just going to write this off to the side. Uh, out of our list. So we can use it for special. I put Wicker Man versus Wicker Man Remake. And I think those versus episodes would be really fun. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. So if you guys have um, other movies that are like that, that you want us to throw on for special episodes, um, definitely let us know that. Uh, we super, super appreciate you guys listening, um, following along, liking the Facebook page, writing in. Uh, we, I mean, we would still do this if we had no <laughs> listeners, but, <laughs> but it's fun when people interact. Yeah, that's what makes it worth it. Yeah. Um, and then every once in a while you get a, a, a movie that neither of us would probably watch and uh, we get to see. So that's pretty fun. Um, my wife has threatened to send in a worse movie than Teeth if Teeth doesn't get picked this week. <laughs> What's worse? <laughs> Never mind. I don't want to know. Um, I tell her I don't do the spinning, but she insists I'm cheating. Uh, so... Regan, you want to uh, spin the wheel and we'll see if I'll get yelled at after this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be completely fair and impartial about this. However, in the show notes, I'm adding my Venmo tag in case anyone wants to send a bribe my way. <laughs> okay. And here we go. And beep, 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 It's getting down to it, though. We don't have... We don't have a lot on here, so Teeth has a good chance. So, um, you, I'm not trying to keep you out of trouble, but it did <laughs> land on Teeth. And Are you serious? I feel, yeah, I feel really no, conflicted you, about you, that. You, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> no, no, I can send you a picture. Oh, man. All right. Well. Just had to say something. We are all in for a journey next week. <laughs> <sighs> Oh man! Um, next next week say. might be a special episode where I start cracking <laughs> beers. <laughs> yes, um, we're gonna try to get through teeth. I'm gonna try real hard. I hope I can get through it. So, <laughs> um, <sighs> it's well, yeah, it's well, it's yeah. Um, so this week I'm was our tenth. <laughs> I'm afraid yeah, of the I'm... facts on that, actually. It's like, I know <laughs> enough about the movie that I don't want to know the facts. I, <laughs> I'm scared. I can't wait to read the behind the scenes of filming on this. <laughs> um, this was our 10th episode. Um, I can't believe we've already been doing this for 10 weeks. It's it's crazy. Um, we've had a blast doing it. And it's been a lot of fun. So. It's yeah. been a blast. Yeah, it's been the highlight of my every Monday so far. Yeah, me too. Um, and I hope we go for many more weeks 
and we'll just have to keep thinking of special things to do so and let us know if you have any special ideas for a extra special episode that's right all right you want to take us out all right well thanks for tuning in guys next week we're going to discuss the 2007 film teeth hooray picked for (laughs) us by jess's wife Remember, you can help select the next movie we watch by emailing the podcast at youpickwewatch at gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook at youpickwewatch to get updates, recommendations, and just fun little videos about movies in general. If you like what you hear, uh, give us a quick, honest review. It really does help a new podcast kind of get their feet under them. Uh, I'm Regan. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at authorreganbrooks. And I'm Jess. You can find me on Twitter at RadmanMel. Um, and again, thank you guys so much. Uh, 10 weeks has been awesome. Can't wait to go another 10, 20, 30. Um, send in your movies and uh, all your special ideas, and we'll get to them. So we'll catch you next Monday. I hope you guys enjoy teeth uh, more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Till next time. Later.